0: I still believe
1: Before we jump into this, I got to make one complaint overall in society. Yes, we're recording. I think the real pandemic out here nowadays, gents, slow walkers on these sidewalks out here. (laughs) That's the fifth time you've complained about slow walking, And it's not getting better. It's driving me crazy. That and people wearing masks on the sidewalk. Whole other conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dogs War Podcast. Everyone Brown's podcast on the planet. You got Kevin. Dan yeah, Raleigh. And we have a very special guest, reoccurring guest, friend of the program. No, he didn't lose a bet. He's here to be uh, on his own will and good accord. If you follow sports, Cleveland sports from even a, a casual distance, you know who he is. Hayden Grove handles digital and sports for cleveland.com. Hayden, thanks for joining us. And how's it going, man? I'm going. I'm
2: going good, guys. How are you? You're going good. Good. I'm so going good. I'm What's going up? good. You said, how's it
1: going? I said, I'm going good. I like that. I like that. Um, let's just jump right into it. Uh, Joe Thomas. We'll start the Hall of Fame weekend. Joe Thomas got inducted. I trust. Well, I know Hayden and I watched the speech. Raleigh is a coin flip. Is it, I, is it did a
3: watch, I did watch this. Dude, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say it on this podcast. I'm like, <laughs> I felt like, first off, that's the first time I've ever given a shit about the Hall of Fame because when's the last time? I five? see that. I see that. Uh, I thought he was like already in like several weeks ago when he was accepted or like it was like he's nominated and he's first bout like he's in. Like I thought that was him entering the Hall of Fame like how the extent of what it would be broadcasted, then it's like, okay, there's a big ass thing. And I just stopped caring. Like I, we get it. He's in, but I'm like, how many times do I have to hear the message that he's in for me to keep pretending to care?
1: My only complaint is that he was the last speech. I was cool that he was last during the game to come out like that, but making him wait till the, the last speech. I don't know. Hey, were you there? I was
2: there. Yeah. I was there. Oh, the yeah. Weekend.
1: Talk yeah. about the vibe. Give us the, the deets.
2: You know what? I know that it was, I know that you guys said that, you know, it was great. It was bad that he was last. And I get that. Um, And I think you're right. I think their intention was good. I think that they thought that, you know, that if Joe was last, then people would stay and it would be great. And um, that is not what happened. Um, There were actually a lot. A lot of Dolphins fans and a lot of Jets fans there for Zach Thomas and for um, Joe Klecko and for Darrell Rivas. And they were pretty early on, so they left. Um, They had no care in the world for Joe Thomas, and God bless them, I know. And and here's the thing. I love Joe Thomas, and Cleveland loves Joe Thomas, right? Loves, loves. He is our boy. He is our guy, right? Everything we stand for, pride, um, hard work, success, you know, everything. Humility, kindness. They don't care about Joe Thomas. The Dolphins and the Jets don't care about Joe Thomas. So because the Browns were bad, because like he doesn't have that allure for maybe those fans, they left. And I felt bad because Joe deserved a bigger crowd, I think. But what I will say is that there were a ton of Browns fans there. And though it looked pretty empty at the end, it was all Browns fans, they were all there and they made themselves loud and they made themselves heard. So I don't think Joe was upset whatsoever. He even said during his speech that it was one of the more well attended um, Hall of Fame inductions, and it was yep. just not the fact, just not his speech because it was so late. Um, so kind of a they had an idea it didn't really work but i think joe enjoyed the hell out of the weekend the people he cared about most were there and uh, he got his message across and you know the people were, that were there for the parade were incredible and you know throughout the weekend there were a ton of browns fans so i don't feel so bad that like you know i, I don't feel awful that like joe went last and it was a little less attended than i thought it should have been
1: i heard a fact i i'm more just gonna assume it's true the hall of fame football hall of fame parade in canton canton is the third largest parade in the country that goes macy's rose bowl canton that is true and i learned that as well the same time that you did um, talk about the festivities overall I, I heard five six years ago i heard the nfl told canton hey we gotta we gotta do a little better here we gotta start making this a little more uh you know of an event and from the sounds of it, from the watching it on TV and everyone that was there reporting on it. Sounds like that whole economy and city just do an absolute magnificent job. Well, they do. They do. It's gotten better for sure. There were some things that were not good,
2: right? The, the locker room or the, the, no shout, there was no water in the locker room at oh, the yeah. game. That's bad. No lights in the stadium. That's bad. Um, The guy that was doing the slam poetry between the people, <laughs> I, I just, uh, the, I, I miss this, dude. There was a guy and I forget his name and I I'm not trying to hate because I know how hard it is to be a performer and an artist, right? It wasn't him. That was the problem necessarily. Like he, he if you would have just kept it, like it's kind of, think of it this way. Like if I was there as a performer and they had me go sing a song about every single person, all nine guys between their introductions, you're set up like, for We're failure. Done. Yeah, people would be like, we're not like, what is this guy? Do? Even if I sounded great, they'd be like, oh, okay, we know, we get it. It's enough.
1: Yeah, read the like room. If,
2: like if I say New York, New York twice before uh, before Darrell Revis, and then I sang Cleveland Rocks before Joe Thomas, or so whatever. It's just like, okay, it's is it necessary? No. So that guy was set up for failure, and it was awful. It was so bad. It was so bad. You, you wasted 45 minutes listening to this guy do like weird slam poetry about every player and like, I just, it, it just didn't make any sense to me. So <laughs> didn't love yeah. that. But what I will say is that he was, if you just had it one time with him, that would be okay. Otherwise, um, it was hot, but people were okay. I had the Hall of Fame parade was awesome. I mean, it was a, such a long parade, but it was so cool to see all these fans that they, they were so into it. And so when Joe walked by or Joe drove by, it was really cool. Um, I walked with him the whole two and a half miles and it was great. Um, they were into it the whole way. Humble brag. Well, no, I mean, it was a, no, it's own that I'd brag about that too. I mean, I walked, I mean, it's not like I ran. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I'm trying to think of all the other stuff. I wasn't there for the gold jacket. I didn't get credential for that. Um, but, yeah, it's a fun weekend, Ken. I still think that there is room to grow, though. I think there's room to improve.
1: Though. Well, all right. Speaking of walking in the parade, uh, you took a picture of the parade of a certain child of a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And uh, I, it went a little viral, and there was some vitriol being launched online. Explain it so our moms know what's going on.
2: Okay. So I took a picture of Jack Thomas, who is Joe's son. And I won't lie. I thought it was the best picture I've ever taken. It was J- It was Jack Thomas. Who is Joe's son? And he was what he was doing was um, he was whenever he, not. And this is not this is the full story. You guys are getting the fir- first full story of this. He wasn't doing it to every Steelers fan that he saw. Okay, there weren't there weren't a ton of Steelers fans, but there every every time he one caught his eye, the little kid he's six years old, raised to be a Browns fan as Joe Joe his son right. Every time he saw a little a brown or a, little, a Steelers fan, he went boo and he stuck his finger like this is not middle finger, his thumb. Thumb like, down. Thumb down. Said boo and then was done with it. It was hilarious. I thought it was awesome. It was like such a cute but awesome moment and I got a picture of him doing it and I posted it and then you know, then Rapp even Rappaport like that's a humble brag. Ian Rappaport retweeted it and McAfee retweeted it and it, got, it went the rounds and NFL Network was asking for it. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, that's so great. And they Hell were yeah. all like, and they were all like, you know, that's, that's what the rivalry is about. That's whatever." And I was like, this is so cool. Like, Jack's gonna have that moment forever. And, the, and I actually ended up talking to Annie about it. And she was like, Oh, my God, we loved it. And Joe retweeted it a couple times. Um, but then it got around to Sealer's Twitter. And these people I, I am a journalist. I remember when I hated the Steelers because I was a kid, like just just like Jack Thomas, I would do the same thing, right? Thumbs down. I'm a grown adult now. I don't hate the Steelers. But after what I saw in my comments from Steelers fans, I am severely and bitterly disappointed in that fan base. That is absolutely ridiculous what was happening. It, it got me so mad. I was so upset that I saw I saw Andy Thomas and I went up to her and I said, Annie, the picture I thought it was great. I thought it was so funny. Like, I am so sorry if, if that your son is being attacked, I did not mean for that to happen. Like, and she was like, Oh my God, do not worry. We thought it was hilarious. We loved it. Like their fans are going to be Steelers fans are going to be Steelers fans. You can't do anything about that. I was like, okay, thank God. Like, thank God you're okay with it. Because that, like the the, the, the comments that I saw, like, were like, what a loser, like his loser dad. And like, what a low class family, like this kid is, this kid's a little jackass. He needs to learn to grow up and be, and be uh respectful and i'm like he put his thumb down he's six years old leave the kid alone like even if he was screaming like obscenities he's still six uh, the, god almighty uh, it's at any time you
3: post anything that well not every single time but most of the time if there's something like when you say something about the Steelers, about a group of people people will come out. It wasn't
2: even about the Steelers. They're booing
3: booing a Steelers fan. And it's like, yeah, yeah, somebody is going to say something and it's not all of them. I surprisingly don't hate Steelers. Like there's a decent amount of Steelers fans that follow my Instagram account every now and then I'll get like a comment. That's like, Hey man, I'm a Steelers fan, but I like your page. And I'm like, fuck you, dude. Thanks. (laughs) Um, But it's, you got two little entities working there. One, the offended fan base, but two people love giving parenting tips online. <laughs> and yeah. I've noticed that recently. And so you have those two things going together and it's annoying as hell. Yeah. I hope uh, the franchise folds.
1: You and gotta be the most podunk Hill Jack route 54 inbred hey, 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 scumbag hey, hey, hey. hillbilly. Let me finish. Don't interrupt me. <laughs>
3: we have plenty to, of podunk listeners, Kevin.
1: To go after a six-year-old kid. There are people with The things that they're saying about the six-year-old kid online, go up to the top of your house, jump. If you're going after a six-year-old kid, shame well, on you. The, I'm not apologizing for a fucking
2: word of that. There, there, there was, so obviously there were, I came, I got upset and I, I went back and forth with a couple of people. The one person that I came, the one, there was one, there was a Browns fan. And she was like, this isn't the way this fan base should be acting. Like the you know, this is disrespectful to Steelers. I was and I'm like, Oh my god, you really need to just stop you just need to stop. And she, and I, went. I came back at her and said like, he's six and she got ratioed the hell. Like there were 150 comments to like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, girl. Ratioed. Oh, girl she got God, a, smoked. She got ratioed. Like all right. So man. to put, to put
1: a bow on all this, <laughs> yeah. uh, hall of fame game, Browns won 21 to 16 against the jets. Uh, y'all what's your, your big takeaway, both of you, your one takeaway from the game.
3: So Kevin and I watched the game together and I think we were both sick. Like I will be damned if I get excited about anything that could come from this game, like anytime, like a player's like, Oh, well, let's keep an eye on that guy. Like he gets cut or just ends up sucking. Uh, That being said, Jim Schwartz defense is there. Can you make the, is it logical to conclude that a defense that is granted the fourth string, third string, and it's also in the preseason that is playing with more flow, a higher level of aggression. They seem to know how to tackle. Do you think that's going to translate upward to the first stringers? Do you think that's on Jim Schwartz? Can I be excited about it or am I just setting myself up for heartache?
2: Um. I, well, be excited about it, but not because of the first preseason, you know, and you can, I guess you can see the signs of it. Um, yeah. I think, I think, no, I'll take that back. Yeah, be excited about it. Because it is the same defense, just different guys playing it. So, yeah, I have, I have no problem with you being excited about that, especially when you added Zadarius Smith and you added, you know, um, Dalvin mm-hmm. Thomas and you added some guys that, you know, that'll really help. Yeah, and I think I, I think you're right. I think if, if, it, if you saw more flow and you saw something in the defense to like, then I have no problem with you being excited about it. I mean, obviously I'm talking from a – you can be excited whatever the hell you want to be talking excited about it, but I get what you're saying.
1: What's your but, takeaway, Hayden, or your favorite part? Uh, I think DTR.
2: Um, he looked in control. He looked like he had some fun out there. He's got some skills. Um, if You know, of all the things to be excited about in the first, and also John Kelly. I love John Kelly. I yep. love John Kelly. Hell yeah. I, I have loved John Kelly for three years. I think he can play. I love him as a third string back. Obviously we'll get into a little bit of the Jerome Ford stuff, but I love him. DTR and him and DTR. I think they're, I think maybe DTR, maybe not the future, but could be a hell of a backup in the league. Yep. Um, and I love what I saw to him. So great job drafting him. And I think he could be a perfect backup for Deshaun. So those are my takeaways.
1: Now for the bad news about the defense, defensive yep. ends, Alex, Wright, Isaiah Thomas, our fourth and fifth defensive ends on the depth chart. Respectfully uh, news report came out today from the Browns camp that they both had scopes surgical procedure done on their knees. They'll be out for a few weeks. Hayden, what are you hearing about that? And uh, it doesn't sound too serious, but nonetheless, it's two injuries.
2: Yeah, I mean, they'll be out for a while, um, which is not great for younger players. I'm really not that high on either of them, to be honest with you. Um, I think Isaiah Thomas is a, brilliant, a wonderful guy. I don't know Alex Wright very well, but from what I've seen of Isaiah Thomas, a wonderful guy. But with Miles Garrett, was it Darius Smith with Oboe? I mean, you're right. They're kind of your fourth, fifth guys. Um, but I think that they probably do need to go look and perhaps sign a, a body. You know, maybe even more than a body, maybe somebody that could could be a veteran presence on that defensive or as a defensive end. Um, We'll see. We'll see how that goes. It'll be very interesting. Um, But neither Alex Wright or Isaiah Thomas at this point really moved the needle for me.
1: Browns fans, Clowney is not coming back to Cleveland.
2: (laughs) He did say there was a five percent chance last year.
3: (laughs) Uh, Do you see he's uh, he's in Baltimore right now? Oh, is he? That makes
2: sense. Yeah. Yeah, they could use him.
1: Jerome Ford, Listen. Jerome Ford. Sorry, you can go ahead. I don't mean you're no, I,
2: I, J- Jadavion Clowney, I mean, he burped his bridges. I, you know, I think he's a good player, but, uh, last year was not great for him.
1: Jerome Ford, who as of right now appears to be running back two uh, behind Nick Chubb, the coaching staff and organization has been very high on him since the jump last year out of Cincinnati. He walked off, uh, the field under his own, uh ability a few days ago and is going to be out for a little while i don't know if he's really going to be on any kind of list or out for too long but i think it's safe to say we're not gonna see him anymore in the preseason probably not
2: probably not i don't think you'll see nick chubb either um oh yeah i don't think you'll see nick chubb in the preseason at all i don't think you'll see miles in the preseason at all um that being said i mean there are so many running backs out there so if if there's a problem that you can go find one which is great um I don't know how high they'll go. I don't know if they'll look at a Dalvin cook. I don't know if they'll see that as an option or if they'll go for, you know, an Ezekiel Elliott, which doesn't seem to make a ton of sense, but you never know. Um, But there are a ton of guys out there, which is great. So if you're going to lose a position, that's probably one you can be okay with.
1: How about some good news now, Raleigh? We like to go down and come back up. You know, this, yes, Anthony Walker and Taki Taki are both back doing team drills, full pads, full contact, uh, I believe Taki Taki picked off Deshaun. Did I hear yeah, that right? Yeah. Uh,
2: no DTR. Okay. DTR.
1: Nonetheless, they're back. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They're back, which is great. I mean, they need, they need veteran voices in that linebacker room. I think, you know, yesterday Taki Taki was talking about how he loves how they, he used the word unhandcuffed um with this Jim Schwartz defense. He used unhandcuffed. So that means that he felt like they maybe were obviously handcuffed. And, uh, and maybe now that, that they can play a little more
1: free, which will potentially be better for them. So he's not the first defensive player. Sorry, Rally, to say that this year because Newsom came out and someone else came out and said, We're just, we're free. We've been freed out here. JOK said something yep. along the lines. Uh,
3: last year, people just hinting that they feel out of position. And I you will never fully know. It's like, was it a player thing? Was it a coaching thing? Was it a player? coaching combination thing this is the same thing yeah they, just seems like they're thinking less and they're doing what feels right to them and they're bending the scheme to the players instead of the other way around yeah. I don't know if we can make that conclusion but I think yeah they're jacked and you know back to uh Alex Wright Isaiah Thomas something I saw on Reddit that I agree with this <laughs> I will never judge a defensive player when they played under Joe woods. Like when that was their only coach in the NFL, I'm like, yeah, that I like that. I think they were, sure. that was in reference to John Johnson, which he's kind of a tool. Anyway, I just had a bunch of shit.
2: Go ahead. Um, I think what that means is that he, that Joe woods, like you said, Joe woods had very specific assignments for guys. Uh, didn't trust his defensive line, right. Didn't trust that they were going to make tackles on the running back. Didn't trust they were going to get to the quarterback. Now I think, you know, with Jim Schwartz, Jim Schwartz is like, okay, I got my guys, we're going to get to the quarterback, we're going to be able to tackle the running back. That's why, you know, letting linebackers do what they feel and letting, they're going to be playing a lot more main coverage. So that means the linebackers are going to have maybe less responsibility, um, in, in, a, in a non-zone coverage, you know, and they're just going to have to kind of feel it out. So I kind of like that. Um, it does kind of leave guys more than an Island and we'll see. And I guess that's okay. Right? Like if, if you have confidence in Denzel Ward and Greg Newsome, that they're going to be able to cover their man. Okay. Go for it. Um, but I think the defensive line being better really helps them. And I think that Jim Schwartz, obviously taking a huge, a huge um, piece of that and getting to the quarterback, getting to the backfield that does allow things to be a little more free for the linebackers for, um, you know, for the safeties, for the corners, for the defensive backs, so I think that's kind of it. Is that they're going to focus more on the front? The linebackers are just going to kind of be there to help, and then you're going to have you're going to have more responsibility on the defensive ends, defensive linemen, and then the DBs, the cornerbacks, and can they make plays and man coverage?
1: Damn, Raleigh John Johnson catching strays out here. I know. <laughs> well, he, I don't want to. Talk he decided about it. with the Rams. Best of luck to JJ the third. Yeah, <laughs> I
3: don't know. He was. No, I I have some bitterness towards him.
1: Um, I'm very impressed with the uh, conciseness. Is that a word of this podcast so far? We're about 22 minutes in. We're getting there. A couple more things. The Browns spent the first eight days of training camp at the Greenbrier in West Virginia. Hayden, as you've been around the team, other reporters, people in and out of the organization, what is the general vibe you are getting from that eight days down there? Did they like it? did they did it work did they bond would they do it again what's the overall summary you heard from that that trip i didn't
2: i haven't heard much from the players um to be honest with you i wasn't down there um the media said it was okay for them um but that's the point it wasn't for the media it was for the players it was mm-hmm. for them to get closer so i don't know i guess I guess I I think that's probably a question that you'll ask and answer more closely towards the season or maybe even after the season or midway through the season. Like, do you think the Greenbrier helped? Like, I think we're still at the point where these guys are, um, you know, nobody got hurt down there really, which was great. Um, Mm -hmm. but these guys are still kind of figuring it out. So I think that's a question that we'll answer like in, in September before the season starts, like the week before or whatever. Um, But as for the media, they said it went fine, and um,
1: it is what it is. Friday night at First Energy Stadium, Washington coming to play 7.30 p.m. Eastern. What are we thinking? Stefanski said that Deshaun and Dobbs are both going to play. What are we thinking? Is it going to be a one-half, one-half, or is it going to be Deshaun first and third quarter, Dobbs second quarter, then DTR in the fourth? Any, either of you, what are your, your guesses, your predictions on how Stephans is going to do it? Cause he's not going to say a word until the game. D- did he say that? I didn't know that he said that. He said, the sh- he said the starters are playing in Washington and okay. in, in the Washington game. And then in the Kansas city game. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think you'll see.
2: Yeah. I think you might see a, a, a quarter, a quarter and a half of Deshaun. They won't play. You're right. They won't play in Philly because they'll be uh, doing the joint practices, which I think is fine. Um, yeah, I think you might see some a, a half of Deshaun, maybe a quarter of Deshaun, a quarter and a half of Deshaun, um, and then obviously you'll see Josh Dobbs. Maybe they'll give DTR another rep in the fourth quarter or so. Um, I think Kellen Mond's days of reps are probably closing. Um, so yeah, I think you're going to see some starters on de- defense. Like I said, I don't think you're seeing Miles. I don't think you're seeing Nick Chubb. I don't think you're seeing Walker. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think you're seeing Ward. So, but Deshaun needs his reps for sure, and the receivers need their reps for sure. So um, they'll be out there. I just don't know how long
3: before real quick what are your thoughts on seeing Deshaun in practice like how do you think I mean obviously we're seeing the highlights we're hearing good things I'd like to hear your read my mind feedback.
2: Raleigh read my it's, mind it's been a little slow it's been a little slow um the good news is that you you can see the ball you, he rips the ball and it's it's just a matter of I I don't think it's like Deshaun being bad. I think it's just the whole offense kind of figuring it out together. Um, You know, yesterday he was great. He threw five touchdowns in the red zone, but that's seven on seven. And to be honest, guys, like I remember, and this this is kind of my mantra throughout the whole preseason. This is a great way to kind of end this thing. I will be on your podcast and I love talking to you guys and I'm not talking about you specifically, but I just don't care. Like show me on September 10th. Oh, yeah.
1: We, I,
2: I don't like. I, I appreciate your questions. I will answer them as best I can. But I don't care. Deshaun could look great in the preseason. He could look terrible in the preseason. I don't give a flying f.
1: We said that. We said we are not. This is the year that I said this on these very airwaves. We are not to getting be pumped. We're not getting pumped about no. the uh, training camp anymore. No, we have. We have to be done. We have. And to we're also
3: not jinxing the man. I am so no. sick of people talking about him like he's already got a spot in Canton. It's like uh, he was really good. 700 days plus a season ago
2: this this is something that i look back on and this is the reason that i feel the way i do 2020 baker mayfield was awful in training camp awful i was i didn't say it at the time because i really didn't understand i didn't see it but looking back like bad like they didn't complete a pass they were horrible they go out and win what are their five of their first six or whatever it was and they go out and win 10 11 games So what does it matter? Again, be ready for September 10th. I don't care what you do in the preseason. I don't care what you do in these preseason games. Figure it out. Come together and be ready to play on September 10th.
1: Bottom line. Now, let's be very clear here. We are just saying we're tapering our preseason expectations. That is not to say any of us are not high as shit on Deshaun or anyone else on this team. It's just like, like, let's let's make that distinction very clear here.
2: No, I'm not down on that. I just want like everyone to say, understand that. Yeah, I know, I know. I don't. I, I'm just like not even. I don't care. Like be like, I I can be as high on Deshaun as he wants until the season starts. Like, figure it out. Like, let's go. I'm all in. You know, you know how big this season is for Deshaun. You know how big this season is for Kevin. Three season matters not. It just doesn't. I, I do think this is a this is a hot take.
3: Actually, maybe it's a no shit Sherlock take. I think these are the highest the stakes have ever been. Uh, for this team to do well
2: yeah yeah like 2019 was pretty high but these are higher for sure these are high then you look at
3: 2019 in hindsight you're like oh well, i guess yeah they didn't have an o-line new head coach all of this st-. and like you can yeah. make the excuses i'm like now like i don't think oh our quarterback sucks that's not going to be an excuse that's going to make me not want to jump off a bridge yeah I'm that's gonna that not
2: going to fly. no that does that is not going to fly It's not going to fly
1: to put a bow on that the reason why there's some solitude you like these word choices today? I do. Yeah, man. And that, Raleigh and Hayden, is that there are no excuses anymore. Nope. we have the quarterback, we have the staff, we have the players, not we have everything. Anymore. So yes, we're knocking out wood. But if we don't, if we don't start doing stuff the next couple of three, you know, then it's we're not going there. I'm just saying, there's no excuses. Let's get this thing going. Another game on Friday night. No injuries. Let's have a good one, Hayden. Yep. Thank you, sir, for joining us. You guys know where to find Hayden. Your Twitter and Instagram is at h underscore growth. <laughs> yeah. And you can catch him singing all over Cleveland as well. I gotta get to a show this summer before it's over. For Raleigh, yes, for Hayden, for my story. We're st- are we not gonna predict anything.
2: That's okay. I don't care. I think Kevin lost. I think we lost Kevin. Oh shit. I I, I don't predict anything anyway. I'm done. I'm you. here. Can you hear me? I'm just yeah, predicting yeah.
3: playing time for show.
2: Oh oh. I, yeah, I'll go. I'll go a half for Deshaun. I'll, I'll predict the half. a whole half. Yeah, I'll predict the half.
3: Honestly, that's I was going to have like a more dramatic way of coming to that maybe conclusion. If I'm Stefanski, I'm putting it like if he doesn't look good, I'm like you're going to
2: stay in. It was
0: I'll
1: play. I'll play. I think part of the problem last year that he didn't play enough well, I Oh, yeah. I'm going go first and go third quarters is my prediction. I do, do think the on
0: that he so quick. again. not going
1: to the Ladies and gentlemen, it's for Hayden, for myself, and this is the Podcast, and good night. So get
0: on your feet and let the games begin. let see we go again. Well, we all got memories of the things we did. Like the old dog brown and the cardiac ears. Now we're going to make new.